Hey! Can everyone be quiet? Okay, oh, I'm about to start recording. Everything's gonna be included. Everything you guys do is gonna be in the show. Elijah, stop! Hi everyone and welcome to the show. Today's episode is Catherine Whitaker is on. Her and her lovely family came over our house, in our house, here, where we eat our food, where we have our kids. Catherine Whitaker came on the show. It was awesome, really great conversation. Hey! Dominic. Quiet down! Um, I love my children. Uh, she wrote an upcoming book with Ave Maria Press called uh, Live Big, Love Bigger. And we have a wonderful conversation. But today, the show is brought to you by uh, Patreon.com. Patreon.com slash the show. You can help support the show, help make the show better, help just make it amazing, help cre- uh, support the creative team that's backing the show and putting out all sorts of awesome content. The show is also brought to you by... Uh, merch at theshow.threadless.com where you'll be able to find stuff like this custom design, you know, like Topa Chico spin merch of the show, um, you know, throw pillows and, and t-shirts and stuff like that. Uh, we're also looking for other sponsors. Uh, if you own a small business or website or uh, online store or something like that, Reach out to us. We have lots of sponsorship opportunities. We're looking to partner with some businesses and do some, um, you know, opening ad rolls like this. Hey! Uh, so without further ado, here's the episode of The Show with Catherine Whitaker. Also, you can watch the show on our Facebook page if you go to facebook.com slash the show with Evan Mitchell, which is long, but you'll find it. Um, you can also find... Hey, hey! You can also find uh, the rest of the the video of the show. Well, you can find the, the full episode of the show at youtube.com slash Edmund Mitchell. You'll be able to find it there. Um, we're working on getting a separate YouTube channel for the show. But anyways, as always, thank you so much. Oh, and you can leave us a, a voicemail to be on the big show, which is coming up. Uh, we're going to be recording that sh- soon. Send us a voicemail, uh, and you'll be on the big show. Ask us a question. Tell us about something. Get Go away. Um... You can call in at 817-527-1423, and that's it. i got to go eat dinner, but hope you really enjoyed this conversation. I really enjoyed it, and hope you do as well. Let me know somewhere in the comments, and take care. Bye. You staying home tonight? I hadn't planned on it, no. Plan on it. (laughs) Minus five, four, three, two, one. Booster ignition and liftoff of Discovery. You're gonna die. I'm Raymond Arroyo. We'll see you next time. Different. Oh, just go Camera over the top. Let's open these Topachicos. Okay. He brought this wonderful Hopener. Oh, and it has Benedict and JP2 on it. Yeah, yeah, it's legit. That is awesome. So you're a huge Topachico fan, too. I am. Sometimes we'll put lime in it. Oh, that's good. That's a lot in it. I should have gotten some limes. All right. Okay. I'll bring those next time. Well, thank you, Catherine, right. for being on. Of course. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Do you like our look at our logo? Someone drew that. Oh. Someone drew the. Here. Yeah, someone drew what the. You need is you need a picture. Of that. <laughs> yeah. Someone drew the. I like it. I didn't realize I talked about Topo Chico so much, but now it's more like a. I oh, know I'm a fan. Like a conscious thing. I like it. But when that one of our friends Laura Cohen she drew that, and I was like, okay, I think it's getting to the point where it needs to be like a like a. A consistent thing. It's in every every episode now at this point. Well, because it's very um I don't know, it's sort of a is it a southern thing? Is it a Texas thing? I mean yeah. I know it's a Mexico thing. Well, yeah, I think it well, I mean it's from Monterey is like where the water source is, I guess. I like but yeah, it, I think some company in Texas 
like started the I have whole a thing. cocktail beverage that like a recipe for I need to find that and send that to you. What what kind of cocktail? Oh, it's got hard liquor in it. Okay. <laughs> but what I kind can't of hard re- liquor? Vodka, but I can't remember what all Like in a vodka it. tonic? I think that's right. Also, it's got some lime in it. Yeah. It's really good. Or like a ginger beer thing would be really good. Let me find that. For yeah. You. Like a Moscow put that mule. In the show notes. Okay, we'll put it. We'll, put, <laughs> we'll follow up on that later and put that in the show People notes. People will be super impressed with our interview. Well, thank you so much that. for this. No, you're welcome. So this is Benedict Rome. and JP2, and it was blessed by John Paul II. It was blessed. Or Benedict. It would have to be blessed by Benedict yeah. if he's on there. Yes, it was blessed by Pope Oh, Benedict. that's awesome. That's really cool. We were over there in 2009. That's awesome. Cool. Thanks for coming. For those of you who are watching at home, like we're literally just in here and all of our kids, which how many kids total is that? 11. That's, yeah, 11 kids <laughs> are all outside just enjoying the beautiful day. Drinking sweet tea and yeah. no one's arguing. So that's a, that's <laughs> no one's a arguing yet. We're just going to stay in here until someone starts yeah. screaming. Until they start banging on And then we'll be like, all right, thank you for the show. <laughs> that was, that was the show. Now we're done. <laughs> so how did we connect? I think we connected on Instagram. We did. Yeah. You've been like, yes, yes, that's right. You can blame it on Bonnie. Bonnie's the best. I really like Bonnie. She really is. And then I think we connect on there and and you've just been very nice and supportive about the show, which I need that. I like what you do because I think it's real. Yeah, it's very real. As you can see. <laughs> really real. No. Catherine, Catherine got to see. It was really insecure. I, I was a little insecure because Catherine's seeing how I'm setting up everything and no, freaking awesome. out. Like, is everything He's fine? Legit. He's yeah. very professional. Um, no, I thought. I mean, I like your sense of humor Mm. and I like how you approach evangelization and I like what you talk about. I like, I like your style. I think it's cool. Nice. Well, thanks for coming out. And part partially why we talked about you coming was this book here. Yes. Why don't you tell us about this book a little bit? So it's about being authentic. So the whole premise, pretty cool cover here. I know it's like, it's a very thin book. (laughs) (laughs) Just like when I did the, uh, the blessed is she like, Oh, they sent me the copy. Look, here's the copy. Catherine brought me. (laughs) This is Edmund's pre advance. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, live big, love bigger, love bigger. And the tagline is getting real with barbecue, sweet tea and a whole lot of Jesus. Nice. So my whole premise of the book is saying no to the things that don't matter so that you can say hell yes to the things that do. I like that. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So living authentically, living with intention, and I'm very real in that book. I share yeah. some good things and some hard things. But really the premise of what started it was we have our fifth kiddo, Luke, was born premature. Mm-hmm. And so Luke taught us a whole lot of lessons. Mm-hmm. And so I tell what many of those lessons are. I nice. think he has many more to teach us, but there's a lot in there. And it was through Ave Maria? Yes. Did you always think that you would write a Catholic book for Ave Maria? <laughs> <laughs> Like no. give people contact for people who don't know you because you've been blogging and stuff online and I'm I'm yeah, kind I'm kind of aware of like the the Catholic women women's gr- that's kind of like my group online to Your be group. honest that's kind of like the group I found hey, we're a welcoming happy group <laughs> yeah but like Bonnie and Jenna from Blessed Is She and some of those women are right. um but anyways did you for people who might not be aware like give people some of your background or your context. Yeah, so Catholic book not in the on the radar. So I grew up as an evangelical Protestant, mm-hmm. like Where hands at? in the air. Um, which churches? Well, like in Texas, right? In Texas, yeah, 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 definitely from Texas. Yeah, yeah. In case where, you didn't tell. Where in Texas? So from the Panhandle. <laughs> okay, so okay. If people know where Amarillo is. Mm-hmm. So top part. Okay. Um, our north. Okay, cool. Way up there. So grew up evangelical Protestant, and then went to college at Texas A and M, and met this really cute boy in a military uniform who had blue eyes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who happened to be Catholic. Yeah, and. I was like, I don't know, why not? <laughs> and that was it? That was like, why not be Catholic? Yeah. Wow, actually, wow. Was uh, he really involved in his faith at the time? or was Actually, he, born- he wasn't really going to church. Yeah. 
Um, so but his Scott. Protestant girlfriend said, "Hey, I, like, what's all this Catholic stuff about?" And so we started going, and so then I started going, I started going more than he did, and then <laughs> I had a really good friend in college yeah. who was also Catholic, mm-hmm. and I don't know, I was always fascinated with the liturgy. Yeah, like, that's what I really dug. And was it was that partially because you didn't have like in the evangelical church? Did you have much of a liturgy? at the service or was it um like what was it about of, it some of them we did so like baptist methodist nazarene disciples of christ and non-denominational bible churches were kind of my background mm-hmm. but in the disciples of christ church we had similar like we sang the doxology we had communion you know not not what catholics believe but we had communion my parents were what we would consider in our church like deacons so yeah. they were administrators of the of the eucharist or mm-hmm. of communion and so the structure of that, like we had a reading. So some of that was similar. Yeah. And that was kind of the last church before I went to college that okay. I was a part of. Yeah. And then non-denominational Bible churches. Mm. So, but I think I loved that it was the same. Mm. Like I could go wherever. And the only thing that would be different would be what the priest, how, like how he delivered his home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they were going to talk about the same scripture, I mean, his interpretation may be slightly different, but I like that there was a rhythm, like it felt mm. easy to yeah. be there. Like I didn't feel like I was stressed about what was coming next because yeah. I knew what was coming next. Yeah, the only thing I was stressed about is um, kneeling when, yeah, and standing. To, so I was afraid that everyone was like, oh, she's new. <laughs> she doesn't know. Yeah. She's not part of our people yet. So that was the only thing that really freaked me out about going to Mass. There's so many people at Mass, though, just for people who are interested. I, I encourage people to like check it out, but it's hard to just like show up as like a non-Catholic and just like walk into mass. Like, where's the pamphlet that says yeah. you're new to a Catholic yeah. mass? Here's the yeah, yeah, we're not we're not traditionally that great. Like normally, yeah. normally a lot of times I joke that the the first contact when you walk into a Catholic church and you've never been to one is someone silently pointing at you and going one or two, one, two. Okay, come here, <laughs> sit down over, here, and just ushering, and that, that's it. That's it. Whereas like broad or grim. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Although uh, you know our Protestant brothers and sisters have a much better, like if you even, if you, I think, I think as soon as you decide in your home that you want to go to a Protestant church, they immediately show up at your door and they usher you all the way down. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, they have, and I think that's what I missed the most yeah, yeah, yeah. is that in all of our Protestant churches, cause there was a while, um, probably my, um, freshman year, eighth grade year, we really were struggling with finding a church. So we would just drive down the street on yeah. Sunday morning. My dad would be like, I don't know. What do you think about that one? We're like, that looks cool. So then we go to that church for a couple of weeks and then we go to a different church for yeah. a couple of weeks. But they were always so, I mean, they knew immediately. Of course, we weren't from a small town, but they knew immediately that we were new. Yeah. And they welcomed us in and I didn't feel like a stranger. Mm-hmm. So actually, I have a couple of kids who are hospitality ministers now. And yeah. my number one charge to them is make people feel like they're seen. Yeah. Can you imagine if, if a Catholic church had the Catholic liturgy, but then just everything outside the building? was as hospitable and welcoming as some of those Protestant churches. It would be crazy. It would be so awesome. Well, that's why I would say I'm immensely grateful for growing up Protestant, Mm -hmm. and I'm immensely grateful for being Catholic now. So I think I got the best of both worlds. Yeah, yeah. I'm grateful for that. What's your journey been like throughout all that process of, I guess, just like your personal relationship with God throughout that process of converting and then like you and your husband? Because you said your husband wasn't going to church often, but – but you guys are pretty. Now he now he works. For the yeah, church. yeah, yeah. Now he's legit. Okay, he's what actually, what does he do right now? So he's the money man. So okay. he's the stewardship and development director. Oh, sweet. For oh, yeah. cool, cool. Um, so he asks people for money every yeah. day and loves yeah, yeah. it. 
Um, I think because you guys seem pretty. I mean, within like within like a few minutes of you guys even being here, your kids were talking about the readings from Mass today or something. They were like, <laughs> wow, "Isn't that in the readings?" Yeah, oh, or something wow. like that. Yeah, I was like, well, Man, it's "Wow, clearly superior these kids." <laughs> it's clearly we're doing it right. Now. Wow. Um, but what's been know. well? What's been your journey of um, like your relationship with the Lord throughout? Were you pretty devout in your faith as a kid, and then you said you weren't going to church, or your or your boyfriend Scott. at the time wasn't Scott boyfriend. wasn't going. I should clarify. I did marry that guy. Yeah, he, he yeah, ended up being yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah, I think for me, I always had a really great relationship with Jesus because I had an encounter with Him. So mm-hmm. I was really involved in youth groups. So my parents were, when I was young, they were Methodist Youth Fellowship, whatever. MYF. We mm-hmm. always had those high school kids at our house. Yeah. So for me, it was always very relational. Mm. And then when I got to college, um, I just wanted to continue to have a relationship. For me, the Catholic part was sort of like, okay, there's the sacraments, there's the liturgy. Like it became, I don't want to say it became less personal because it was, I still had this great relationship with Jesus. But I think for me, it was like that added extra layer that I had been looking for. Yeah. Because yeah. I felt like you, you can have a relationship with someone, but mm-hmm. like, what are, and I don't want to say the rules, but like, where does God want to take you? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. more than just like having this warm, fuzzy relationship mm-hmm. with Jesus. Yeah. At least it, it was for me. I think you have to take it a step further. And so things like adoration, mm-hmm. I loved. Confession, I had a little trouble with. Mary, I wasn't so sure about her. Yeah. But the more that I kind of encapsulated all that, then it became, it became, part of who I was. Yeah. But I always felt like I loved Jesus and I wanted to I wanted him to be a part of my life. I think I was as we got into our marriage and we kind of started to hit some crosses and trials, I think I got annoyed that, hey, Jesus, I was really good to you. Yeah. I'm, that sounds <laughs> Why so would you bad. do this to me? Yeah. Wow, that sounds really narcissistic. But well, yeah, no, I, that but that's that a I'm natural right, feeling. Though. I was so good. Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. yeah. Why, why me? Dude, no, I think lots suck. of people feel that way. Like, I, I know many people who are like, I was doing all the right things. Why well, would this suffering happen? I followed the rules, man. Yeah. I checked all the boxes yeah. and then. Then I realized that it's not about checking the boxes. Yeah. You have to being in a relationship with someone means sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm not married to Scott, and everything's just kittens and rainbows all the time, oh. <laughs> right? So it's not going to be that way with Jesus. Yeah. If he's like the guy that made me, it can't possibly be that. Yeah. Way. What I'm realizing as I get older is is how wise the liturgy is because you know it's one thing I was kind of reverse. You know, I grew up Catholic and was doing a lot of the oh was doing a lot of the external like practices, but it was very like intellectual faith. My daughter's going to come join us in here. Hi, Katiri. She's crawling like a boss though. Um, uh, what was I talking about? You were talking about your faith. This is real guys. This you is went, real. Uh, you were the author. Oh, I was. So I grew up doing a lot of the externals and then really found the more, what you would say, like it sounds more Protestant, this personal relationship with Jesus thing. And I was like, man, like I know a lot about the faith and I'm doing these things, but I'm not like growing in holiness. I'm still, I'm still a schmuck on the inside. And so when I came across some Protestant friends, but also um, some classmates at Franciscan university who like talked about Jesus as if he was in their closet. And I'm like reading through books, like trying to figure out like, how do I do this? Like, but I just kept going to Scott Hahn books, you know, it was all intellectual. That was the first book I read. Really? Rome Sweet Home. Oh yeah. My dad bought that. We, we were at some talk. I don't know if Scott Hahn was there. It might've been Jeff Cavins, but we bought the book. My dad buys it and hands it to me. He's like, you should give this to your girlfriend. Who's she was Protestant, not a denominational. And, um, I was like, okay, this seems interesting. And I start reading it on the way to the car. I sat in the car and read half of it. I don't think I ever gave it to her, but that was the beginning of 
That was I, really for you. Yeah, it was something about that book and something about the way that this guy was very intellectual in his faith. But I think some of his Protestant background and just being close to the Lord, it started, I was like, man, I don't have that. And that I forget there was, um, I think it was maybe, um, man, I can't remember what speaker it was. But anyway, he said, a lot of times you'll find Catholics who are Protestants who are grateful for their upbringing. Yeah. He said, but when you talk to a Catholic who left and is now Protestant, they're always better about their experience. Mm, and I'm like, interesting. So he said, what the difference is, is that you're missing the personal relationship with Jesus. Yeah, so that's yeah. where it starts. Yeah, yeah. And not that you have to be Protestant to have a personal relationship. I no. think the charge is that anybody can do yeah. that. It's not mutually exclusive yeah. to any religion. And that's the difference. Yeah. Because... What's the point? Yeah. Like, so what if I go to mass every week? So what if I liturgically live and have all these craft projects for my kids on Saint Day? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And so I did this weird thing where to try to chase after that relationship with Jesus, I started really questioning and shedding some of these just practices that were just, um, I mean, honestly, a lot of them were not, I was not thinking about God as I'm doing them. I'm just doing them. And so I started shedding those throughout college. And then I get out into the world and me and my wife are living our daily lives. And you realize really quickly the wisdom of the liturgy, because when you, when you don't have enough personal will or emotions to stir up yourself, you, you're kind of forced to live out this relationship with God through these practices. And I've really started learning that wisdom and like leaning on that because when you're just waiting for yourself to stir up some type of like conviction and that emotion or, or, you know, like you said, it's not that personal relationship gets really difficult and it's really those, um, yeah, those like moments where it's like, oh, it's on the schedule that this is what we do. Well, it's seven thirty. I guess we're going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that's yeah. really cool. Um, so tell me more about the book because the book, uh, it, it really fascinates me and a lot, it seems like it, it could be very broad. Yeah, so I There's talk so about many different things in every there. chapter is sort of what we call like a universal theme. So yeah. I talk about things like authentic friendships yeah. and marriage and family vacations and body image. Like yeah. they're, I, I think they're universal in the sense that we all struggle and deal with them. Yeah. And so through that, I typically share a little bit about what life was like before, before Luke, kind of leading up to that. Mm-hmm. And then Luke happened. He's our preemie. Mm-hmm. And then um, like completely, life completely whacked us upside the head yeah and then what does what does that mean now and the the thing that i love about that is that all those like i didn't give birth to luke and then five weeks later like we are all of a sudden amazing people yeah um his lessons have continued to uncover themselves as i mean he'll be 10 this september Mm -hmm. so but i'm very so i tend to be in case you haven't noticed i tend to be a little sassy (laughs) and so that i was grateful that ave let me be myself yeah that's cool that which makes me love them even more mm-hmm. as a publisher. So I do talk about some hard things in there, but I also am a little sassy. I talk a lot about George Strait and my <laughs> cowboy boots, and I talk about going on this. So we went on a ten month barbecue pilgrimage around the state of Texas. Wow! And we visited all fifty of the top fifty barbecue joints. Really? Texas monthly. I know that, that makes wow. Sound crazy that's amazing. With all the kids. So I was. I almost had enough time to go get some barbecue and bring it here, but I didn't. But there's a place near us called Meet You Anywhere. You guys nice. will have to get it for lunch. Okay. Yeah, we'll it's really good. Out. Yeah. Yeah. So we we did. We drove two thousand miles. Took ten months, and we went to all these barbecue places. But along the way, we did some really cool Catholic stuff. Some really cool yeah. ways to engage our kids in the faith. And was this before or after Luke? Oh, way after. This was just about a year and a half ago. And was this like, were you like, uh, was this, 
when you started writing online? Were you like writing, were you cataloging oh this or documenting this or anything? So or? I've been blogging for about 12 years. Yeah, nice. So, but nice. I didn't, I don't think I really blog. I mean, maybe Insta storied, so yeah. microblogged. Yeah. Um, but I didn't really blog blog about it. I did at the very end, like, say, yeah. hey, here's all the places that we went. And, and if you want to know all the really good places and what we really loved, you can go to the blog and I put it all out there. Yeah. But the book talks about a little bit more about what the intention was like how are we vacationing how because we we live in this world where we think that you can only live an extraordinary life if you do extraordinary things mm-hmm. and we forget that being present to the people that we love yeah and to the moment that's in front of us is what god asks of us mm. and that really amazing things can happen in the present moment yeah like they can't just happen in hawaii yeah it'd be really nice if we were also there but they happen yeah every day yeah and so that's what the book is talking about is encourages people to be present and it also encourages them to see how Jesus is working in their life because yeah. I think we mistakenly think that our story isn't as awesome as someone else's story. Mm, yeah, I hear that a lot. I hear people a lot say, you know, well, I don't really have this crazy conversion story where, where I woke up covered in Coke and blood and <laughs> and that's when I knew, right? And people not get... many people do. Yeah, though. people get really insecure about that and, um, you know, my story is not... I mean, it sounds kind of boring. It's like, I always knew about God and I loved God, but then I learned how to love him better throughout my life. And, um, but, but I, I bet that if you peeled away some of the layers of your story, that mm-hmm. you would have extraordinary moments. And oh yeah, definitely Absolutely. for sure. But from the outside, you know, sure. it, it would be like, I was in this boring situation and then this kind of internal thing happened. And I think a lot of people, a lot of times I have to remind myself that there are people that have those stories too, that need to hear the witness of how to live your life where you've always kind of loved God and then you start loving him more, you know? Um, man, there's something you said that sounded so good as a place for us to keep talking, but now I'm, I'm drawing a blank. I forget what we were going to talk about. Barbecue. 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 I don't know what we were talking about. Man, what were we going? Uh, there's something about that. But anyways, um, the thing, uh, Luke, you said that like Luke being born was this huge turning point. And what was like the biggest, change is what I'm interested in because you're saying like your family really changed after that. Yeah. I think for us, we became a lot more willing to live on the wild side. Mm. And what I mean by that is that I had a very polite relationship with Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, like, yes, father, yeah. <laughs> no father. Like it was very polite, yes, sir. We were kind, yes, sir. Yeah. Um, that we were kind and it got really real. Like when your son and the doctors aren't sure if he's going to make it through the knot, um, not to give away too much in there, but you start to say, um, okay, so now it got really real. Yeah. And that's when I started to let him into the places that I had closely guarded mm-hmm. that I wasn't willing to let Jesus into because I had things I'm a top a, like I have things under control. Jesus, here's my plan. And our plan like completely got turned upside down. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when I was willing to give him control of the things that I had yeah. held pretty tight yeah. you know one i although people joke they laugh when i say but i held pretty tightly to my fertility i mm. mean at that time luke was the fifth kid but all the kids had come on our schedule yeah and about four years after luke we gave birth to our sixth baby and edmund some of the things that people would tell us like didn't you learn your lesson with luke mm. or and mm. i'm like but you know this was a total leap of faith Gosh. and i share how we got to that point and it's yeah. a really stunning beautiful story it's one of my favorite um, God moments. Yeah. And it so was why, why were people saying, I don't know a whole lot about so preemie babies. So he spent about 44 days in the NICU and well, but is there a, is there a danger that 
then subsequent children would also be preemies. So I that, think that's what people were thinking. Uh, like y'all okay. went through hell and back with him. Why would you open yourself up yeah, to that again? Yeah, that's so unfortunate. And I'm like, that they said that faith. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah. and the conversations that he allowed us to have. So we had this picture of Saint Therese in his hospital room. Yeah, and I lost count of the number of nurses, janitors, doctors, whoever would walk in and say, "Is that Saint Therese?" Mm. And then we would start to have this beautiful conversation wow. about the witness of her life and. You know, how we practice, like, I think someone came in one day and they're like, is your husband a priest? I was like, well, I mean, technically he cannot be. It's okay. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But yeah. it was so great, the doors that he opened and the conversations that I'm now willing to have with people mm. and the things that I'm willing to do, I would never have done before Luke. Yeah. Never. I mean, I think for me, the transformation feels massive. Maybe for those looking outside, they can see, you know, little changes here and there. Yeah. But for me, it was a massive transformation. Yeah. Have you heard um, uh, Victor Frankl wrote that book called um, Man's Search for Meaning? No. I don't think I read the whole thing, but <laughs> we were supposed to read it in college. But the but the whole idea was that he, um, he was in the, like, Auschwitz, I think. Oh. And he's a psychologist. And so while he's, like, a prisoner there, he's just trying to fill up his time. And so he starts studying informally. Why is it that some people can make it through Auschwitz and some people don't like some people just kind of give up. And he felt like he determined that when someone had a really strong reason or like meaning behind their suffering, they were, they were able to, to stick it through. And um, that kind of helped me. Like there, there have been plenty of times I, I can relate a little bit. My wife and I had really, really hard first. We got married two weeks after we were, uh, we graduated college. Okay. So, so we're, we were six weeks. So yes. Yeah, so we were super young yeah. and, and we're still super young. Oh yes. We are all very young. Uh, the camera adds, it makes yeah. it look like we're older, but we're all bigger and we like, <laughs> yeah. but we had, we had really, really, I mean, we could not be more different people, Danielle and I. And so we just had a lot of just really dark. And then, on top of all that, we moved to Toledo, Ohio, where we knew no one. And I was a youth minister trying to figure out how to do that and balance work and life. And then we got pregnant every year that we were married. And then, uh, like one of the worst winners in all of the United States was in Toledo, Ohio. (laughs) So we had this horrible, horrible time. And, um, you know, I highly recommend marriage counseling now, like all the time. I'm like, please do like, even if you don't feel like you have problems now, just start. It's, it's been so huge. So huge. Oh, good. Um, so, uh, but anyways, through a lot of that and just a lot of really dark times where, you know, I was like, you're saying, I can really relate to being like, all right, Jesus, like you got it. Where are you in this? And where's the meaning behind this? But now, you know, years later, to be talking to people and not, not saying that uh, everyone should experience something horrible just so they can talk to people about it. But you know, other marriages and being able to talk with other people who are struggling and being like, I look, I know, I know that that's really hard, but it can get better. Cause when you're in it, it feels like this is never going to end. Well, and people think that when you're in it, that you're doing it well. Yeah. Like people are like, you're handling the NICU stay so well. Oh gosh. Yeah. You must be on crack cocaine because yeah, yeah, yeah. we're not handling it well at yeah. all. This is not a lifetime movie. No, this <laughs> this is not Sorry, where like Hallmark. the worst part is or Hallmark movie. Yeah, this isn't this isn't the one of those movies where the worst part is that I just kind of get mad and throw something across the right, and that's as bad as it right. gets. Like this right. is not no. this is hard. Yeah, and but I also believe that God allows you, whether it's this big catastrophic horrible thing that happens or it's a small thing you're going to walk into someone else's life. Yeah, and they're going to be experiencing that and something that 
you you had a lesson that you learned, so you're going to be able to help them get to the next station. I had a priest say one time, and I love this. So Father Uche was talking about he became a priest and kind of felt like he was just going to change the world, right? bring all these people to Christ. And he said, and what I finally came to realize is that I was going to get this person from this station to this station, mm. and I prayed that someone else would pick them up at the next station. Wow, that's cool. And so when you stop seeing, you know, God is God and I'm not him, that what your role is is just to be present and yeah. to if someone comes to you and you have a commonality that you can help them maybe maybe you don't help them all the way through it but you help them part of the way through yeah. it yeah and Luke allowed us but but I don't even know that I would have asked someone hey what's going on in your life like I would never have opened myself up like that because then that means that I would have had to have been present yeah. for them do you think you felt that way because you wished more people would have done that for you or was it like you experienced people doing that when you really needed it? I had some really amazing things happen yeah. whenever we were in the NICU. And one in particular, there's an organization called Hand to Hold. So hmm. it's based out of Austin, but they basically have mentors that kind of mentor NICU moms. But it was just starting. And so the founder had an article in the Austin American Statesman, and my nurse brought it to me. So I'm sitting in the NICU. We'd just gotten another yucky diagnosis. So she handed me, you may want to reach out. And then same day, a friend texts me, hey, Catherine, you should reach out. And I was like, okay, I hear you, Jesus. <laughs> I got it. And a lot of people were present for us. And, and, and people that surprised me that were present for us and the people that I thought would be present were not present. And it's not a judgment on them. I just think they weren't ready. Yeah. Like I, and I, I know that. Yes. Now. And, and that's a, that's a message I think people really need to hear is that, um, and I, I realized this too, cause I was very sheltered growing up and did not have very traumatic experiences until later in life. And, um, people just handle stuff very like, and, and even me, like I thought I would be the type of person to handle, um, traumatic situations really well. And I even shocked myself. We, had, we there was a um, close family or my, my wife's brother passed away and unexpectedly. And I thought I could, I was like, I know how to handle this. Like this isn't someone I even knew really well. And I shocked myself with the way I handled it. Like I, I was just like, man, I did not think I would handle something like this as poorly. Um, anyways, just something I think people need to hear that uh, when people around you handle things poorly, like, they just don't. Know yeah. So some people just don't know how to handle stuff yeah. like that. And I think that allowed me to extend them grace because yeah. I think before I felt very judging. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, you know, and then it happens to you. And yeah. You're like, okay. Yeah. So now I know. And I recognize that some people, for whatever reason, I don't know their story, couldn't be present for us. I'm um, just like sometimes I'm not able to be present for other people. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be in a healthy place. And so knowing your boundaries is important, but also yeah. recognizing that. The people that you need will be present for you, mm -hmm. and then maybe you're helping those other people get to a place where they can be so that yeah. they can help someone else. But it doesn't do you any good to judge mm. where people are. Yeah. I mean, you just have to say, what's my relationship with Jesus, and what is he asking of me right now? And then what's he going to ask of me tomorrow? Yeah. I have no idea. I just know that right now I'm here. <laughs> I have no idea what's going to happen the rest of this day. And Luke kind of allowed us to be okay with not knowing mm. yeah, and to be joyful for what we have in this moment even if it's hard mm. what was that like the um a lot you said you were allowing god into these really dark moments um what was that like or what was the way because i know there's been times where it's been really hard for me to do that where it's like it's really weird it's almost like i would just rather be left alone in this than even open up to someone about it, which sounds weird. And, and it, that was another thing that shocked me was feeling so low at, at certain points in our marriage where I just didn't even want 
help. And I think people who haven't gone through trauma like that or people who are going through that, they're surprised by a lot of the feelings and emotions that they have. And it's really difficult, especially when they're in the moment, yeah. to tell them like, well, just let Jesus into that moment. You know what I mean? Like, but you were saying you, you did. Want, I, yeah. And you want to slap that person, right? Yeah. You want yeah. to tell them to show But like how, like, how would you, you know, because, yeah, it's such a weird, sensitive Well, I think thing. it's sort of like, um, it's sort of like when you start working out. Like, and I think for a lot of us, we start working out because we want to look better, but we end up sticking it out because we feel better. Yeah. So I think for me, when it came to those hard things to give to Jesus, I think initially I was like, well, you know, maybe I'll let him in. And then like I would, there would be like a, like a small pinhole, like a, a breakthrough, right? Yeah. And I recognized that the, and this sounds counterintuitive, but the harder you lean into the cross, mm. the greater the grace. Yeah. And you know we're 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 afraid to lean into the pain mm. because we're like it's going to be more painful, and while it was more painful, there was also more grace. Mm. So it was like I had broken through, and I felt like this. It 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 blew my mind. I mean, there were a few things growing up that I had a really hard time, you know, really struggled with. And because of Luke, I was like, well, we've been through this before, so I'm going to dive in. Someone else was hurting, and I'm like, I'm going to be present for them. And I was like, even though I'm terrified to do it, yeah. But I'm going to do it anyway because yeah. I'm stubborn. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Southern. <laughs> and I did it, and then it like blew open. Like I'm like this whole part of me existed, and I didn't even know it was there. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And then you think, what else? Yeah. Like, there's got to be more. So yeah. then you like become addicted to the. You become yeah. addicted to Jesus, and you're yeah. like, what more do you have for me? Yeah. Did and, that start bleeding over into other areas uh, of your family? Probably right, or just like things absolutely. that you're willing to do. Well, in, in our marriage, I mean, after we went to marriage counseling and with our kids, now that we have teenagers, God yeah. bless it. <laughs> yeah. um, but they're super fun most of the time. So, oh, they're so great. Like, uh, they're, they're so great. They're especially great when they're not yours. Yeah. But yeah they yeah, are yeah. great. They are. No, they legitimately, I always tell people, don't be afraid of teenagers because they're pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. They're amazing. And so those lessons allowed us to be. I think not afraid of what the new season yeah. of parenthood was going to be like with them or what the new season of our marriage was going to be like. And when you, when you lean into that, I, I think we're afraid of pain. Mm, yeah. I mean, yeah. we want to lead these nice, polite, kind, pain-free lives. Yeah. And you can do that, but it's sort of like when someone's been married for 40 years and then they look at each other and they don't really know who they are. And I'm mm. like, dude, you like, look at all those years that you could have like really been yeah. living it big and, and yeah. loving big and all that. And you missed it. Like, mm. I don't want to look back on my life and be like, well, I was happy. Yeah. Like, but was I like engaged? Was yeah. I present? Because it's not enough to just be happy. Yeah. It's not as exciting of a, of a movie or a story. If it's like they lived happily, like page one is like, they lived happily ever after the whole time. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, there's no like, sac- yeah, there's no sacrifice. There's no drama. There's no like, like we were, um, I was reading Benedict actually. And he was saying, um, at the point when you have nothing worth dying for, you have nothing worth living for, you know? And I just thought, wow, that's really smart. Um, so a lot of the book, I feel like from like, reading it and hearing you talk a lot of it is like kind of this turning outward and loving other people too. Yes. And so how do you have time for that? To <laughs> you know? a book? No, ju- oh, well, just, to lo- <laughs> just to love other people, right? Like I think um, one thing that we're dealing with too, as a family is trying to figure out how to, how to do that, how to, you know, think more than just like, we got to get everyone fed and dressed and then <laughs> and to bed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. yeah. But it sounds like yeah. Um, you guys threw a lot of that 
kind of realizing the importance of sacrifice and being present for other people. Yeah. How has that played out in you guys' family? So you have to be really intentional. I think mm. we had to start saying no to some really good things. Yeah. You know, cause life is a series of really awesome things to say yes mm-hmm, to. Mm-hmm. And I was feeling bad. Like as the top A, like get yeah. it all done kind of mom, I was like, Oh, we can totally do all this. Are you kids in, in school? Like what so, public school, homeschool, private uh, school? Catholic school. Okay. And so we've got, right now we have two in high school, two in middle school, one in elementary school, one Gosh, in preschool. Dang. Big and wide. So, um, do you just every morning you just, you just call like four different Ubers and you just <laughs> no, let them actually, all? <laughs> the great thing is that, uh, the third through 12th grader, the schools are across the street. So oh, I'll nice. pull up, that's open nice. the van doors, and everyone gets out. And then I'll oh, call for preschool. Re- that's really nice. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, okay, so what were we talking well, saying about? Oh, no, I love bigger. And yeah. saying no to things. I think yeah, that's a so huge. When you have six kids, so we just feel we just feel the pressure faster than ever. Oh, people. yeah. So I think for us, what we had to decide is what what kind of culture we do we want to create for our family. Yeah. And you have to exclude the noise because mm-hmm. there are a lot of people that will tell you, oh, you have to do this. Oh, you have to do that. Oh, I didn't know I was supposed to do that. And we set all these expectations up for ourselves instead of – listening yeah. and talking to our spouse and saying what what's right for our family yeah. mm-hmm. and not worrying about what's right for another family because yeah. it's going to look different there. Yeah. So once you figure out what's right for your family, then you can say no to that and no to that, but you can say hell yes to that. Yes. And so I think that's how you have the time and you don't apologize anymore. Like now when I can't go to something, I'll say, I'm so grateful that you asked, but we're unable to be there. Ooh, that's Before great. I would say, well, you know, we've got this wedding and then I've got this. Pro- I mean, I felt like I had to explain myself. Yeah, you don't have yeah. to explain yourself. Or I feel like often if you don't have this guilty, I'm way too busy emotion, I feel guilty about not feeling guilty about like if I don't have something to do and well, I just don't want to go to it. no. And we don't have anything yeah, to count. Just, so just want... because you can doesn't mean you should. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And I don't feel guilty about yeah, that anymore. Yeah. So it's the same thing like when we tell our priests, you know, are you scheduling time um, to pray? Like, and then a parishioner comes to you and says, I really need to talk to you, Father. And you're like, I can't feed you if yeah. I don't feed myself. Yes, so yes. gas mask, you know, or the oxygen mask, <laughs> yeah. gas mask. <laughs> the, the oxygen mask on the airplane. Yes. Put it on yourself, yourself first before, before others. Yeah. Same thing for your family. You have yeah. to feed your family mm-hmm. before you can serve other people. Yeah. And so when we fed our family and when we started saying no to some things, then when a crisis came up or something really awesome came up, then we could go all in. Yeah. And people always say, how do you do that, Catherine? I'm like, you say no. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't apologize. And it's not a bad thing. Yeah. Because when you say yes, people know that you mean it. Yeah. Like you're fully there for them. I love this whole idea of almost, it it almost sounds like you're saying, wait until there are things that you're not going to say, okay, we'll do it. But like, hell yes, we're going to do this. Like we need to be doing this. That's awesome. How? how, That's the kind of life God wants us to live. He doesn't want to... Oh, I guess. Yeah. He, like, wanna... he wants you to be like, I'm, I'm sure, totally sure that he's up there saying, I hope she says hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and I think, uh, sometimes we think, I think we get caught up, especially as parents that we need to be sacrificing a lot for our kids. So if, if we're not, if we're not super, um, stressed very, very thin for our kids, then somehow we judge ourselves. Like we judge, man, I'm not doing a good enough job as a parent or I'm not, um, yeah, my kids, my kids not going to go down this track and go to a really good college and do the thing that everyone's saying right. we probably should do. And but what are we teaching our kids when we do that? We're yeah, teaching exactly. them Yeah. Not, that their life is not their own. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You got to teach them that their life is their own yeah. and it's for God and what does he want them to do? And the only way to do that is to 
be in prayerful silence yeah. sometimes. It's okay to have... So for Lent this year, we did something crazy. Normally, we give up eating out. But this year, we decided to give up all screens Ooh, wow. and not make other people work on Sundays. Not make other people. Okay. So, like, so to, no. can't go get gas. Gotcha. Can't go to the grocery store. Gotcha. You know, can't go to Home Depot for that home improvement project, whatever. So what the crazy thing that happened is that Sundays felt like they lasted forever. That's and cool. And before, they felt like they were... Like over. Wow, that's really cool. So when you remove, and I'm not saying screens are bad. I mean, hello, I'm on Instagram and all that other <laughs> stuff. But like when you remove that, so what that allowed was silence. Open like time, yeah. Games, engagement, like time to read a book, yeah. time to iron the clothes, whatever, whatever. But it was Awesome. It sounds so weird. The kids don't think it was awesome. <laughs> Scott and I thought it was really yeah. awesome. Well, I'm realizing that I'm having to schedule in time for nothing. Because like you see me, look at this. This is ridiculous. No, this so is awesome. I like, fill up I all know. my free time with this, right? But I do have. But you love it. Yeah, I do love it. But even though I love this, I do. I have been recently trying to schedule in, and it feels weird to say it and to schedule it, but to schedule time where I where I give myself like nothing has to happen. No ch- chores don't have to happen. This like I'm just gonna be in the house for two hours and no extra stuff, no chores, no nothing. Just like be here. And it's so funny, like the first couple of times I did it, like the first 20 minutes, I was like, I should probably check my phone or no, or like no one would mind if I looked somewhere else, but you know, I would have missed out on some conversation with one of my kids or I would have just missed appreciating the trees around. It sounds dumb. The trees around our house, you know, whereas before I was like not seeing anything. Yeah. Anyways, uh, do you have any other advice for people who maybe struggle with that? Like self judgment that this surprised me as a parent is how much I judged myself as a parent, like how much judging how I, how we compare as a family to other people, but even just judging how I compare to my parents, my own parents, I'd be like, well, my parents, you know, they had us praying every day. They had us doing, you know, and there's just this feeling of, yeah, the judgment, the self judgment. I think, uh, so my mom always told me, so we lived in the panhandle. We were close to the mountains. So we would go skiing on the weekends and she would always say that you need to ski with people who are better than you. It's the only way Mm -hmm. you're going to get better. So I say, like, you got to get yourself a skiing buddy, an accountability partner. Like, who's who's part of your tribe that's going to keep you accountable, but not just keep you accountable, but on the days that you're like, I suck at motherhood. Mm. Who are you going to call? Yeah, I call Tanya. Yeah, and Tanya like talks me off the ledge. She's like, all right, Catherine, you're better than what you think you are. And Mm -hmm. guess what? The same thing is going on at my house. She's got four kids, two of them are teenagers and she gets it. Like she's in the season of life that we're in. And then I have another mom who's got a big and wide family like me. And I'm like, I can't do this. And she's like, yes, you can. Mm. So I'm grateful that I've allowed myself to develop authentic friendships with other women who I know are going to allow me to walk through those seasons that are really hard in those moments. When I start to doubt myself and judge myself for how bad I am, the reality is, is that we're all sinners, but they kind of help show me, okay, so in this moment, yeah, you probably could handle it differently, Yeah. but you know, here's what we did or you know what, but you did this and that was really awesome. Mm -hmm. Like don't judge the whole worth of your motherhood on that four minute interaction with your 13 year old. Yeah. 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 And also, don't get your validation from your yeah from your thirteen year old right little pro tip yeah there. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. you got to stay like don't be the teenager with them mm. but that that knowing that I have people that I can reach out to that I know know what I'm going through has been how I weather the self doubting moments yeah. because your kid like I always say Scott will come home from work and he'll say how was the day I'm like well the employees gave me a bad performance review today. <laughs> It's a bad day. Um, 
So you have to recognize that they're pretty judgmental, you know, mom, you did this or whatever, but they're also honest because they know that no matter what, you're going to love them. Oh yeah. 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 So there's it's some the best free- feedback. There's some freedom in there and knowing that they're just going to tell you like it is. Like <laughs> yeah. today I got open and honest feedback from our employees. <laughs> it's a great conference that we had. That's so awesome. That keeping me honest yeah. and then having good accountability, accountability wow. partners. So talk a little bit about, cause I know when did you start getting into kind of dabbling in, freelance or I guess maybe all these things probably are connected, but like blogging online and then the freelance graphic design and running your own business with that. And then, and then the book and just talk to me about that. Yeah. Cause that always interests me. People who, I mean, obviously I love doing this type of stuff. So it interests me how people get into that and that whole journey. Sure. Well, I have um, two degrees in agriculture. Okay. Cause that makes a lot of sense, right? (laughs) That's not what you were expecting. Two MRS degrees, right? Yeah, that's what they said of Franciscan. They're yes. like, "Oh, Danielle, you got your because she was uh, she did biology. Nice. She was like, oh, my no, degree- I actually did. Like, I used my degrees. Um, I had a job in ag communications. Okay, and loved it. And then after I had my oldest, then I started doing freelance graphic design, so I nice. could stay at home, be his mom, and have the super creative outlet. Yeah. Love. I've always been like a artist kind of stuff. I, I dig that kind of stuff. But how do you go from like not like? Did you do graphic design when you were in college or something? Or? No. Oh, well, in graduate school, yes, they gave okay. me a Mac and the department needed a newsletter. And they're like, here's the page maker manual. Nice, nice. Page maker, yeah. yeah, yeah. Here's the page maker manual and here's a Mac. Just we do need it. a newsletter and yeah. that. And I'm like, yeah. okay. Yeah. So I taught myself. And then when I worked at National FFA, then I worked with all of our photographers and our graphic designers. Gotcha. So I kind of gotcha. learned that world. And then so when I launched out on my own, and it really was just doing work for a couple of friends, yeah. right? Yeah, like yeah. for no hardly any money or no money. Yeah. And then started doing graphic design. And then I started this blog at the encouragement of one of my friends. She's like, oh, you should do that. Everyone's doing it. I was like, okay. <laughs> sure, that sounds good. So yeah. I started blogging. And then Luke was born about mm. a year and a half after I started blogging. Wow. So then it became like an this outlet. cathartic release. Yeah, yeah. And then, I don't know, like more people besides my mom and my husband were reading the blog. I'm like, yeah. this is weird. And then I actually wrote a post about um, Johnny Manziel, so Johnny Football. Um, my oldest had an interaction with him and Johnny ended up reading it and tweeting it out and my site crashed. Oh, wow. It was crazy. That's awesome. So like went viral. Your site crashed? Yeah, it did. <laughs> That's hilarious. It was fun. Um, That's so hilarious. That was my one proud moment. It's yeah. very cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, I don't know, like the, I've always loved to write. Yeah. And Blessed as She reached out, so started writing for them. Shout out to Jenna, the I, OG. I freaking love Jenna. Yeah. You know, I'm the big, I'm one of the biggest male fans of Blessed She. Cause like I way back, like I watched them take yeah. off as we were, I was trying to do weird stuff online too. She did a way better job with it, but we were, it was like, I was looking around at who else is doing this type of thing. And then that's when I found Blessed She and almost every decision they made, I was like, yes, that is the right decision. That is what they should be doing. Yeah. So I've just loved watching just yeah, so from the very beginning. Um, when we got paid nothing, I mean, yeah. like we were all doing it because we loved Je- yeah. Jesus and Jenna. Yeah. And that really, for me, was um, a big turning point. Like I really loved writing about, even though I've been writing about my faith, I'd never really written it for like a huge audience like yeah. that. And then I got involved with Take Up and Read. And so all those were all encouraging women to go back to the Bible, mm. which was like my people. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. that's what I grew up that's doing. That's awesome. And, and you're like, this is great. And they're Catholic. This know, is a Catholic like, this thing. This is awesome. This is amazing. So started doing all that. And then, um, you know, I guess I just fell into all that. I mean, yeah. no one goes, or I guess you shouldn't like go into like the Catholic world of like, I'm going to be a Catholic speaker. I'm going to be, I just, 
I lived some life and we lived through some really hard stuff and I started writing about it and I've always loved to write. And then Ave called and that's awesome. So how long ago, how long have you been working on this book? Um, is this just a lot of the blogs and also just, is, are, are you that way where, you know, my wife jokes that I'm always writing like three books, even though I'm not, I'm not publishing the books. It's like, I'm always working on, it's like all these little things. It's all, I mean, what's been the process? Did they approach you and you're like, okay, yeah, I think I've kind of been working on this. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. Yeah. I really wanted to write a book. And I was hustling and I was trying to make it happen and nothing was happening. And finally, I just said, whatever. Yeah. And I shelved it, pun yeah. intended. Yeah. Shelved it and was like, that's it. And then about five months later, three parishes in Dallas mm-hmm. called and said, hey. And I was in an ice storm in Houston. Mm-hmm. And I get this email and these two publishers are reached out. Hey, Catherine, what do you think? I'm like, what in the world? And that's when I realized that I wanted it for the right reason. Yeah. Did you already have like a, an outline or something? No. No? Oh, wow. I'm like, I'm like, you just so, had an idea? So here's what I'm, I'm like, okay, so what do you want me to write about? And they were like, <laughs> you're supposed so to. So that's, now it's your turn. <laughs> and so, yeah, then I said, then you have to do some soul searching. Because like when you write a book, they, you basically write the book before you write the book. Yeah, yeah. So that took a little time and adoration. But once I figured it out, I guess it took me about nine weeks. Yeah. I wrote it nine weeks. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. I would just take a chapter and I would go grab some sweet tea. Yeah. And then I would just bang out three or 4,000 words. That's and cool. Set it aside and ride in nap time or bedtime. That's really or cool. Whatever. So, what, if, what advice would you give people um, who are thinking, especially like the whole graphic design stuff and just getting, because that seemed like it was I just really it. natural and it just kind I of started it. happening. But there's a lot of people out there that are trying to figure out extra ways to either make income or to share their gifts or things that they're interested yeah. in. And maybe people who haven't gotten into client work yet, but are just like, how do I, or maybe a lot of times what happens is you get one or two friends saying, yeah. Hey, could you just make this thing? You know, I'll pay you a hundred bucks to do this thing. But, um, like, are you still doing the graphic design stuff I on am. the side? Wow. I am. So and, I work primarily with Catholic campus ministry programs. Okay, nice. So that's kind of how I got started. Um, I, I'll, I'll pass along some advice. Actually, another graphic designer gave me, and I felt like it's been really good advice. She said, yeah. you need to find your niche. Like, mm. so Catholic campus ministry newsletter design is pretty specific. Yeah. And that's what I do. So some of them just do it online and then some of them actually print it. So I work with printers for them. But I loved designing and I love designing for Jesus. So Mm. I worked with a few religious orders. I work with Catholic schools and my designs are pretty distinctive in that they're usually really Catholic. Like when you open it up, you're like, I wonder what school this is. Oh, that's a Catholic school. Like I try to make the imagery um, look like that. So, you know, I think you have to, if you're going to spend the time doing it, I mean, I think you have to pursue what you're good at, but yeah. you also have to pursue what you love and mm-hmm. what Jesus wants you wants for you. Because if you're just doing it as a side gig to hustle to make money, that's one thing, right? Yeah. Like, I recognize that some people have to have a job because they got to pay the bills. Yeah. Um, I always say, like, what's the one thing that you do on the side, like, when no one's telling you what to do? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the one thing that you dig or that you love? And then start to find a way to how can I glorify God through this? And I believe that if it's something that's meant to build up the kingdom and it's something that he really wants you to do, that he's going to open the doors and Mm. he'll open them when he's ready for you. But I mean, this was, none of this was ever Edmund, none of this was ever on my radar 10 years ago. Yeah. And so that's all part of that. Yeah. Hey Jesus, here I am. What do you want me to do? (laughs) So I don't know what life is going to look like in five or 10 years, but I know that right now it's 
really great. That doesn't mean that there aren't hard things happening, but this is what he wants from me right now. So yeah. this is what we're going to do. Yeah. A lot of times I tell people who are kind of da- like unsure because man, before but you got to try something, yeah, you have like, to just, just do it. You just have to it. just start doing it. And, and don't, don't get hung up on the perfection. Part exactly. The yeah. I, I, um, man, I probably debated starting a blog yep. for a, a year and a half debated starting it and like went back and forth and probably made my wife so upset <laughs> at how much. And I wish I could have gone back and said, look, like, you know, when you first start writing on the internet, it's you're afraid that this one blog article is going to be you. Like people will define you yes. for the rest of your life. And and you, d- you don't have the context of like, you're going to write thousands of words online. No one's going to remember. And then you're trying to get people to write it. Like, whereas before you're like, everyone's going to read it. Oh shoot. Sorry. That's all right. Beforehand. You're like, everyone's going to read this. Like this better be perfect. And then later you like publish and you're like, no one's reading this. Or the thing that you spent hours, hours on. Yeah. Yeah. So that Johnny Manziel post that I banged out. Yeah. 10 minutes. Scott oh, was like, yeah. hey, Catherine, we're watching Netflix. It's like, yeah. hold on. I just, I just, and I'm like yeah. banging it out. And I'm yeah. like, all right. Yeah. And the next morning I wake up, 100,000 views. I was like, well, all right. <laughs> should have spent a little more Maybe time. Maybe I should have proofread that. <laughs> no, I had the same thing. Uh, I would write, I would spend weeks writing these long blog articles. And then we went to Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, and I was like just admiring the hipster culture. And I just had this dumb idea. I was like, man, like Catholics would be like the ultimate hipsters. And then I wrote this article, like all hipsters eventually become Catholic. And, uh, and it like blew up and scared that. the crap out of me. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Way back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That, you just don't know. Yeah. You don't know. And just start doing it. Just start doing something. Cut bait. Yeah. Um, well, I think we have a bunch of questions oh, that we wanted to get to. Are All you right. ready for these questions? Um, yeah, bring it. These are, uh, audience submitted questions. Some people we probably both know and maybe some people we don't. Um, let's see, what should we do first? Okay. This is from view from the North X. Do you know view from the North X? Uh, what is, <laughs> where is your favorite place to get some barbecue locally or your favorite place in all of Texas? Oh, I knew someone was going to ask me that. Um, and all of Texas, well, hands down Franklin's and Austin. Okay. it's worth the wait. You got to get in line at like 6am, but it's totally worth it. I'll put this in the show notes. That's why I'm taking notes. And then I'm a fan because the people that own it are Aggies, but style switch in Austin. And every Friday they have a new menu item for the lunch menu. Ooh. So if you're wanting to do something, they, it's fantastic. Oh, man, there's so many. Truth Barbecue in Brenham is Oof. outstanding. They were number two on our list. Um, Do you, and all of these are on your I'm, website, I'm just right? like, there's so many, you know. All the places you went to, you did kind of talk about on your website or you um, have a place so we, to? We went to all 50 and then they've actually since added another 10. So mm. we've been to four of those 10. That's cool. Um, so yes, we ranked our, like what, what our top 10 were. And then I also said like who had the best side, who had mm, the best sweet tea. That's cool. These are important things for people yeah. to know. So Dallas, um, actually Hutchins up in McKinney, fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then Pecan Lodge and, and Ham are both. That's awesome. Outstanding. Okay. So hopefully do you hear that? A few places. Yeah. So get to, I mean, that's yeah. Get to one of those places. Just if you go to Texas monthly and put top 50, they'll put them all in there and then you can just okay. drive 2000 miles. <laughs> Just go to all and the just places. do it. Yeah. Uh, we need to have you do that again, but then have someone just follow you around with a camera and just do I'll your do own, do yeah. your own YouTube channel. Johnny, Johnny, who's on the show sometimes you could just, you're going to take care of that. So the, our motto is no barbecue is better than bad barbecue. <laughs> what? Wait, did you hear that? Did you make that? I, didn't I don't know if my brain, no, no barbecue, no barbecue is better than bad barbecue. Real? Oh, it's better wow. to have no barbecue than, than bad, bad barbecue. barbecue. Wow. Me, there's some really bad barbecue. Okay. Out there. Okay. All right. Do you, are you willing to say, are you willing to say? I would not 
<laughs> but privately, once we turn right. off the microphones, I will yeah. tell you. Just DM working. her if you want yeah, to just know DM where to stay away from. Okay, this is um, this is Kylie B. Diley. I don't know if that's I'm that's I'm doing my best. I've always wanted to move to Texas. What are some areas with strong Catholic communities? This is a good one. Oh, that's a good question. That's a good question. Um, and we maybe we should. I mean, like Munster. Munster's <laughs> got a strong Catholic community. We've been talking about Munster. I think my wife and Catherine's husband this are related. Is the only podcast <laughs> that Munster is going to be on the podcast. Yeah. So we made from it big. Munster are going to flood your. All the people. If you're watching or listening, and you're from Munster, yes. comment somewhere. <laughs> hey, I'm from Munster. Leave yes. our town alone. Don't make fun of <laughs> us. We're great. Munster. No, Munster's um, great. Great boy, cheese out there. Um. Because well, that's Catholic community. That is, I but mean, I don't know if that's a very accessible Catholic. Like I don't know that if you probably moved. Catholic culture. I would say San Antonio. Okay, okay. because there's the missions. Um, just the the city in and of itself has a beautiful history and Catholic culture. I know that there are some great parishes in San Antonio. They put on a massive uh, women's conference in San yeah. Antonio. But I think people believe that Catholic communities, excellent Catholic communities, exist where. Other places where they don't live. Mm, yeah, yeah. When in reality, if you're unhappy with your parish, well, then get your butt up there and do something about mm-hmm, it. Like instead mm-hmm. of just changing parishes, and I recognize sometimes there's a legitimate reason, but instead of just changing parishes and going to the other Catholic community, why don't you build one where you are? Oh, yeah. And as someone who works at a parish, we definitely could use the help of people that they are like, need somebody yeah, to do something. And, and like families that. I mean, I wish families would more families would come to me and say, "Hey, we want to make, we want to build really awesome, strong community here. What could we do?" Yeah. And man, we would shower you with resources. Like, yeah, let's do this. Like, you want to have a party at your house once a month, and it be some young adult thing. Like, let's do it. You know. Or we believe that, like, we live in Austin, so typically in Texas, like that's a little bit more liberal part of Texas than other places. But it can't possibly be good Catholic community there. And I'm thinking, well, why not? Yeah. Why yeah, can't you? So. Yeah. Great Catholic communities can exist anywhere, but yeah. we are definitely willing to let you come to Texas. I just say maybe don't move to Austin because there are a bazillion people there right now. <laughs> yeah. So maybe just well, how, over something. How do you guys, how have you found that balance between family time and then opening your home for community like that? Or how have you guys experienced community? Is it at events at church? Is it at your house? Is like, what's that been like? Um, well, we have a really good Catholic school community. So mm-hmm. we've been really grateful for that. And I think it's because we really put a lot into it. Yeah. Um, I'd say a fair amount of our neighbors are Catholic. They're like yeah. closet Catholics. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I just saw you at like Ash Wednesday Mass. Yeah. Like now I know who you are. Yeah. Um, Something that's been. I think there's been some events like yeah. you know, the there's a men's and women's conference or I'll see someone somewhere and I'm like, wait a second. Saw you at church on yeah. Sunday. Yeah, yeah. And so then you kind of began to develop. And I think a lot of it just has revolved around our kids. Like, yeah. well, yeah. find community that way. And so we're always on the lookout for finding new. Yeah new pockets one thing one thing that was really great for us was um we tried doing the thing where like okay we'll just meet because we've moved around so we've had to meet people and so we just go up to people after mass and just be like hey you guys look interesting like do you want to have dinner dinner? but then it started becoming like okay well when are we going to schedule dinner and when you know and schedules and stuff like that so we just started doing like in the summer we try to do like eight to ten sundays in a row where we just knew we were going to have brunch and it was going to be open to anyone who showed up and so so then we had something to invite people to and if you couldn't come then that's fine and we just slowly keep adding people in a facebook group and just have something like hey just let everyone know it's gonna be like we're gonna be a mess and we're gonna just like 
eat outside. Just come as you are. Yeah. And it's just like to out, like stay or leave whenever you want. And we just had that like morning. I love that. And that helped a lot. We met a lot of, and then we helped other people meet each other. Um, well, because people think in order to do something in your house, it has to take massive planning. Your house has yeah. to be big enough yeah, or yeah. perfect or clean enough or whatever. And I always tell people just like Clorox wipe the toilets and yeah. you're good. Yeah. Yeah. That's exa- really? exactly. That's probably Seriously. what we did today. Yeah. We yeah. just Clorox wipe. Make sure everyone's wearing clothes. Or not, that's it. Just yeah. Underwear. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're under and, five. And uh, it's funny too because a lot of people, as we were doing it at first, were like, oh, "Wait, do we have to bring stuff? Do we have to?" And we're like, yeah. no, "No, literally, just we're just we're gonna have a bunch of pancakes and just we're gonna let everyone and we're just gonna be around each other." And that was really great. Okay, um, Mary Lenneberg. Yeah, is that how you say your last yes. name? She oh, well, boy. first she said you're awesome, like Texas big awesome. She's very <laughs> excited for your upcoming book, and then she also said best sweet tea recipe. Do you have that off the top of your head? Um, well, you just have to brew sweet. I mean, ideally, do you make simple syrup? Do you do like the whole simple syrup boil? I, I don't have time for that. Yeah, it's hard. I, it's people hard. need sweet tea. In my house, okay? <laughs> yeah. I mean, in an ideal world, yes. Yeah. And in an ideal world, I would brew it over the stove. Mm, yeah. But we have to do it in the microwave. Yeah. So we brew it in the microwave. And then the key to sweet tea. Okay. You got to put the sugar in the tea when it's hot so that it dissolves. Yes, yeah. Because this yep. whole, like, we'll go to a restaurant, well, we don't have sweet tea, but here's a sugar packet. I'm like, it's no, cold. No, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. Well, and that's the whole trick. That's, that's if you get it to boiling, then you can get more, <laughs> you can get more sugar dissolved yes. into the liquid yes, than can. it could at a normal temperature. So you already know the recipe. Yes, you so make a it. super saturated solution there. Yeah. Uh, okay, what else we got here? We have, oh, she said that it went more than once. Um, This is, uh, this is, Merke made. Okay. Merke made. Probably if you saw the, maybe if you see the, their profile picture, you might recognize them. That's on Instagram. I hear people's usernames and I'm like, but then if I see the thing, I'm like, like, but she said not a cue. She just wanted to say, she wanted to comment that your Instagram is giving her hope for the future that little kids really do turn into big kids. (laughs) (laughs) I feel honored that I'm still a little kid. I like that. Yeah. I think she meant your kids. My kids. Like your kids are turning. Okay, well, that's awesome. That she thinks my kids are well, great. based based on that or related to that. Christy Vaughn from Every Sacred oh, Sunday, yes. she's amazing too. She she's is. awesome. I met her in person, and she is hilarious. I haven't met her. In she's person so yet. hilarious. She's delightful. But I've met someone in person that she wants to meet. Oh, okay. So you can Paul hold Dennis. Oh, okay, who's that? So he was one. Um, maybe in January there was a picture of a priest like holding her book at DCYC. Oh. Okay. He's a Holy Cross priest. He's actually getting ready to be like the associate director of vocations okay. for Holy Cross. We're going to have to get them awesome. in touch. We're going to get them connected. Yeah. Christy, Christy, we're going to make your, Dennis. see happen. on the show, we make dreams come true, Christy, and <laughs> we're going to make your dream come true. Every day. Uh, but she said, what's one piece of advice you would give to your younger self? That's a tough one. You should have given me a heads up on that. I'll one. think about it too. Advice to my younger self. Um, you are stronger than you think you are. Hmm. Do you think your younger self would receive that? That's what I always think when this ad- younger I, advice. I think I thought, I think I thought, I think that at a young age, I felt like I could only be strong when I was wiser and older. Mm. Like when I had the tools to be stronger, yeah. but that people discounted me because I was younger or yeah. whatever. But I've seen some really, I've seen some people who are really young, whether some really hard stuff. Yeah. And I think. I wish I would have. I wish someone would have told me that. Do you have siblings? Where are you in the lineup? I have one. Older? Younger. Younger. He's, interesting. He's seven years younger. Okay. Interesting. I, I have a younger sister, two years younger. Okay. But sometimes so I, was I, like, I was sort of like an only child for seven okay, years. Okay. And then he showed up. I was better. <laughs> we're good. We're friends now. But we're good now. Yeah, we're good now. I think I would, 
similar, maybe, maybe not similar, but I think I would just say like, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. What's that? Okay. There's a country song. I know you don't listen to country music, no, not but, really. oh, no, but I, but I'm okay with like, I, you know, I proposed to my wife singing, um, George Strait. yeah, that, yeah, that was George Strait, right? Check I yes crossed no. my heart. No, I crossed oh, you my did, heart. I cro- so Scott proposed that, to me, check yes or no. Is that George Strait from too though? Country? Cross, yeah. From pure country. And that's from, is check pure or no. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. This is getting creepy. Okay. I pay attention. <laughs> um, but well, I'm just saying all the connections, like it's weird. Your husband and my wife are, are related. related. <laughs> <laughs> and they, and they got weird. similar proposal situations. Yeah. Uh, okay. We already did. Scott Whitaker said best barbecue in Texas. And we've already, yeah, we already covered that. Is that your husband? That's my husband. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, wait, Scott. Wait, oh, <laughs> do we know him? I'm so dense. It's okay. okay. Um, daily divine mercy, uh, which you might know if they do. They divine the, mercy the divine, three. Yep. Yes. Uh, what's your biggest secret for keeping everything so organized with six kids? Compliance. Ooh. So if things don't get put back where they're supposed to, not, I'm not like a drill sergeant, but yeah. you clean toilets in my house. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, we do so a lot of that. Toilets are really clean. Yeah. Well, you know, they're at the age right now when they're younger, cleaning things is like fun to them. Well, like we have this whole window like, washing kit that they love doing for hours. They'll wash all the windows four times. No, I think they've learned as they've gotten older, if they just follow the system, that it actually takes less time. Yeah. Like if you put this where it's supposed to go or you always put your shoes in the same place, then you don't spend. Of yeah. course, now that I say that, it did take me 10 minutes to find the car keys this morning. <laughs> so, in an we just won't tell world, your kids about that. You know, yeah. Now they know, but I just don't let them watch this. Yeah. Uh, St. Andrew's Youth Ministry says, would you rather eat barbecued watermelon or have a barbecue that looks like a watermelon? Barbecued? How would you even smoke a watermelon? It would just no go idea. up in flames. It's That's all interesting. Yeah. How would you? I guess if you just didn't cut it and you just put it far enough and just let it. I mean, smoke. I would dip watermelon in barbecue sauce if that's what yeah. they're asking. I would. That's actually that. pretty interesting. Please try that, someone. Um, we already did sweet tea recipe. Sam Ford says uh, best sweet tea recipe. Actually, the best sweet tea in Texas, barbecue wise, is at the Granary. They make their own. The Granary. The Granary. It's in San Antonio. Um, greenery or granary? Okay. G- I'm still getting used G- to G R A N A R Y. Okay. The granary. In where? In San Antonio. San Antonio. Okay. Best sweet tea. In fact, I went back up to the guy and I'm sure he thought crazy lady on all four, but I was like, that is the best sweet tea I've ever had. He's like, really? He goes, I take, and like he was serious. He's like, I take great pride in that. Wow. And I said, well, I can tell. You should. Wow. It was great. That's awesome. Uh, Delaney dot Simon. Simon. What is this? Simon. S I M Simone Simone says, um, Catholic mental health thoughts or experiences. Maybe meaning like I, there's an episode we did with Dr. Gregory Bataro, which I would recommend just off the bat. Um, and he wrote a book called Catholic mindfulness. Okay. Um, and he has some really good things in there about mental health and just, um, like, well, I think it's okay to encourage people to go get professional help. Yes, 100%. Like, yeah. I think in Christian circles, There's people believe, yes, that if you, you're clearly not praying enough, or you're not going to church enough, or you're not holy enough, if you can't get yourself out of this ditch that you're in. Yeah. But hello, like, when you get cancer, you don't try to fix it on your own. Yeah. Like, you yeah. got wisdom teeth in your head. You don't try to extract those from the pliers in the garage. So I think that you have, it's okay to. Yeah. There, there's no stigma in my world. No, I don't yeah. know why it exists, but it's I, okay. I think sometimes it's... Um, You're not kinda, weak. Yeah, and it's kind of some of the hesitancy too. And this was my personal hesitancy was that it was ca- going to kind of be like chiropractic 
where it's like, okay, you're going, how long do you have to keep going? And you have to like, at what point are you going to stop going? At what point? Like, it seems like you're just going and this person's telling you to keep coming back to them. And what really changed for me and my wife was saying, no, 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 actually this is kind of nice because this is an hour we set aside at this specific time a month. And sometimes it was weekly. Sometimes it was once a month. We're just going to talk through us and like work on us and have a third party who is qualified to not take sides and able to talk through and um, shout out to Dave McClough. I've talked about him a lot and he's with Catholic counselors. I think I'll put a link, but um, he's just been so great and he's Catholic. And so he's, he understands where we're coming from, but he's also trained and and seen everything, um, you know, all spectrums of marriages and and people. And um, so it was just huge. So I would just really encourage, who's that? Uh, Some, Simon, Simone, Simone, um, just, yeah, just to try it. In fact, actually our, the priest that prepared us for marriage, he forced us to go do one, um, marriage counseling session. And we were like, is there something wrong? Like, what are we? And And it's okay to go. Even if you're, yes, if you believe that you're completely healthy, that's okay. In fact, Dave McLeod, I, I'm owed like affiliate sales or something. Cause I've convinced so many people, I've convinced so many people to do it as an anniversary gift. And to tell their spouse, not like, I think we're broken, but to tell your spouse, like, uh, I value I us. Yeah. And I want to invest in our marriage and I want to invest in some time I'd spent. I like to keep looking at you. And yeah. <laughs> yes, right? exactly. Um, what was I going to say before that? Anyways, uh, I forget what I was going to say. Something about encouraging people. Oh, encouraging people just yeah. to, to try it. Oh, our the priest, he made us do it just so that we could get over that stigma. He's like, no, I want you to just have the experience that it's okay, that nothing bad happens, that you go and talk to this person. And it actually was pretty positive. Yeah, I agree 100%. Okay, well, I think we're coming coming to the end here. All right. Are there any last last things that you want to shout out or how can people support? People should definitely pre-order this book. Yeah, so you can go to Amazon. When does it come out? August 30th. August 30th. Okay, the book's coming out. So you can go to Amazon. You can go to Ave Maria Press. People should buy two. They should pre-order two because I think they should give one away or read one with someone else, another mom or another. Oh, that's what I was going to say. You said something interesting um, either on the Amazon or somewhere where you said you were writing this with more than just Catholics in mind. Yes. And I, I feel similarly with a lot of the stuff I create. So maybe just real quick, if you want to talk about that. Well, I mean, I grew up Protestant. Yeah. huge friend base of mine is Protestant. In fact, some of them are agnostic at best. Yeah. And so when I was writing the book, I actually sent it to a few friends of mine who were not Catholic. Yeah. And I said, I want you to read this and I want you to give me your honest and candid feedback. Yeah. Do you feel judged or do you feel ostracized or do you feel like this book isn't for you? Yeah. And they gave me some really good feedback. It was very candid, but it was also really good. In fact, one yeah. of them was my journalism teacher mm. from high school. That's amazing. Um, I told and did her, you I said, tweak it a little bit, like based on the feedback? That's awesome. Not, not, um, not significantly. No, but, but I, I thought, you know, the words that I chose there could be different. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that's why I really focused on universal themes, and I stayed with like my story, like yeah. how did that affect me, and then what lessons did I learn that I think may be helpful for you. But I envisioned specific people sitting at the table yeah. as I was writing a chapter. That's awesome. And I, you know, how can I? I want to talk to you. I want to share this dialogue with you and let's talk yeah. about it. And so I, I would have, it would have not, <clears throat> excuse me. That sounds terrible. <clears throat> um, Topo Chico, miraculous water, the, <laughs> the miracle water. I'll open another one here. Okay, as we're coming to a close, I'll just pop open. That's the a new great one. way to do a podcast. <laughs> we're like, and done. Um, I wouldn't have been authentically me if I didn't include the people in my life who shaped me. Yeah. 
And I felt very strongly that I wanted people to see how Jesus worked in my life, not how Jesus worked in Catherine's life because she's Catholic now, but how did he work in her life and could he work in mine? Because if people walk away from that book thinking more about me than they do Jesus, that I did it wrong. Mm. You know, like I want them to to be inspired to have a better, more authentic relationship with Jesus. And last time I checked, he's the same guy. Yeah, yeah. So I felt very strongly about that. I have so much respect for that because I think, you know, I grew up reading so many Catholic books and really like in the bubble. And so to be able to, like, I really do have, I think, you know, there's a place for that and we need to be able to do yes. that and come in, come together and, and talk directly to our Catholic brothers and sisters. But I think um, to be able to like, like acknowledge that other people are going to read it or listen, I think um, we could get better as a church at doing that. And I think you got so I much mean, respect I read for me. Jewish authors and plenty yeah. of non-denominational yeah, yeah. Christian authors. So why would that yeah, not be? Exactly. I think I may be the only Catholic book that has cowboy boots on it. And are those your cowboy boots? Cause they look, on. so is this a picture that you sent them? My sorority sister took that picture. So that's it awesome. Means even more. So that's actually, yeah. That's yes. really cool. Look at that. For those of you who are only listening, shame on you. Look at the, we can cut, the watch video. the video for that. That was very graceful, right? Yeah, that was that extremely was graceful. graceful. Okay, that was yes. great. So yes, that's really cool. Good. I wanted it to be for all the people. I have a lot of respect for that. All right. So everyone should buy, if you're listening right now, you should buy, you should pre-order two books. Yes. You already got that. Maybe four. Maybe four. And just like gift them. August 30th. Are yes. you doing anything special? Are you doing any you mentioned something on the website about book tour or anything. I like, am. Are I'm, you going to give away a bunch of barbecue to people or what? We have some really f- actually. Well, yeah. we have some really fun things. As much works. as you're allowed to say. Yeah, I'm probably, under, are you allowed I'm under to contract? Yeah, no. you're, probably, you're probably not allowed to <laughs> share everything, right? I we're nailing down details, so like okay. when I say it, I want it to be legit. This will come out yes. the 29th of April of August. This episode. Oh, this, this episode. episode. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Yes. So. Yes, there's definitely going to be some things I'm going to be hitting, you know, a lot of places nice. in Texas. Cool. Where else can people find you? Um, on Instagram, right? Whitaker 96 on Instagram. On and your website is called? TeamWhitaker.org. TeamWhitaker.org. That's one T. And it's W-H-I-T-A-K-E-R. There you go. It's a little twang. I know. See, the, the benefit of watching Instagram is that you get to hear the twang. The blog, yeah. you just get to read. Yeah, yeah it's that's true. Exciting. This is great. But yes. Are you, are you going to start a podcast? I convince everyone in my life to start podcasts. You know, Scott and I have talked about it. I don't oh, know. Oh, you and your husband would be so yeah, great. Yeah, thought about doing it. That'd be it. so uh, cool. We'll your husband's yeah. hilarious. He's he funny. He's funny. He's really entertaining. He's awesome. I'm married. Yeah. He's awesome. That's yeah. why we have six kids. I think you guys would do, you guys would have a really, you should just do like a, you, you know, this okay. is, this so is what you, I tell okay. people. Okay, let's, go. I say, let's hear it. I say, don't think you're going to have to do it for the rest of your life. Just get some of the equipment and just say, we're just going to do five episodes about this book. And just like you and your husband, just, if anything, I should, t- I should take the advice that we talked about, what, 10 minutes ago. Yeah. Just yeah. Do just it. do it. Fisher cup and if anything, happens. and this is what I tell Danielle, my wife, I say, if anything, like our kids will love this 10 years from now to listen to this. Right. Even if like no one listens, it's That's like 10 years from now, 20 years from now, your grandkids will be like, so I come here for an interview and I'll leave starting. A you podcast. leave with a podcast. That's most <laughs> is that, people's, is that, is that your, most people's experience. That's your mission. Right? Yeah. That's kind of my like mission. That. Yeah. That's a good mission. That's cool. <laughs> well, thanks. Anything else you want to say to anyone? Thanks for being on. I no, have no was, grace. I'm still trying to figure out graceful ways to end the podcast. But, it was awesome. No. Yeah. And thank you. Um, I should say y'all Edmund, I sent him a direct message on Instagram. I'm like basically invited myself on the show and he's like, you should come. And I was like, Oh, by the way, and I'm going to have my whole family. And he's like, awesome yeah let's do it i love that i think that what you're doing is awesome and it is needed and it is important so keep doing it thank you thanks everyone Bye, y'all. thanks for listening go order her book right now live big love bigger talk to you later bye